0: Hey everybody, it's Charles from HumbleMechanic.com, and today we are talking about what you should do when the shop is slow. This is episode 12 of the Humble Mechanic Podcast. This episode originally aired on November 9th of 2014, so we're still going back quite a ways. And when we talk about what to do when the shop is slow, this is one of those things if you're a technician and you can figure out how to capitalize and really take advantage of this time it is going to set you apart from the guys and gal technicians that do not capitalize on this time. This is one of those that I think if you figure it out early in your career, you are going to be light years ahead of everyone else. So we're going to talk about a handful of things that you can do when the shop gets slow, why the shop gets slow, the things you have control over, and of course, the many, many things that you do not have control over I hope this episode really fires you up and inspires you to take advantage of that three-minute time, five-minute time, seven-minute time that you have free rather than sitting out back with the dude smoking at the picnic bench. You spend some time and really take advantage of this free time to learn and grow as a technician. Hey guys, I wanna remind you before we get into the show, if you want exclusive content from me, as well as discounts to places like Mycanic, Sonic Tools, MT Knives, Eastwood, EuroWise, and more, check out the crew membership program. It's a way that you can help support me, support the work that I do for you guys, as well as get an incredible return on your investment. I built this program in a way that if you're buying parts or tools in this space, you can not only get all the money back you spend on crew members, but actually make money. I know there's tons of the crew members that have gotten more money back than they spent on their year membership. In addition to the discounts and content, you also get downloads of the VW Audi training manuals that I build for the classes that I teach. If you were to attend one of these classes, first of all, it's gonna cost you a whole day on a Saturday or a Sunday, and it's gonna cost you 355 bucks out of your pocket. You get all of those as download, absolutely included with your crew membership. So check that out. There is a link down in the description on the blog over at HumbleMechanic.com. If that's not your cup of soup, you can also throw some support on Patreon, as well as use my Amazon link. That's the free one, you just click the link, buy what you were gonna buy on Amazon, and then I get a little credit for your purchase. All right, so with that wrapped up, let's talk what we should do when the shop gets slow.
1: You know, dealing with slow times can be very, very challenging. If you are new to the show, or new to being a technician, mechanic, customer, whoever, just interested in the auto industry, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes, um, watch the show that I did, or listen to the show that I did about flat rate, because in order to really understand this, you do have to have a basic understanding of flat rate, and I'll go over the basics of it really, really quick, but, um, you know, you, you need to understand how flat rate works, but let's, uh, let's kind of move into the topic today, um, real quick Up. You know sort of uh to bring you up to speed about flat rate it's how most technicians are paid especially in a dealership environment and basically we are paid by the job um it, a, every job has a time attached to it the example i like to use is brakes let's say brakes pay one hour regardless of how much time it takes the tech to complete that job they get paid for one hour so if they do it in 30 minutes they win they get paid a half an hour or an hour they have a half an hour free Uh, if it takes them an hour and a half they lost and you know it took them 150 percent of the time so real real basic there's way 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 more involved in in the flat rate system but i'm not going to go too deep into that today because i want to talk about what you guys can do when it's slow and you know it depends on your shop Um, the times a year that is slow traditionally my shop has always been slow the week of the state fair which is actually this week which is kind of awesome that I've taken a couple extra days off Um, the week of the state fair the week of taxes the April 15th week um, the week between Christmas and New Year's that's when we get most uh, mostly get a lot of people traveling through and emergency stuff Uh, let's see, there's a week or two for back to school, um, the dead of winter a lot of times can, can be up or down, if it snows, we can forget about having any work, um, so you know, it, it really depends on your location and your shop and what your, what you do at your shop, you know, we're a Volkswagen dealership, so we service Volkswagens, um, so here's what, here's what I do when it's slow. First of all, I try to make sure that I'm never slow, um, and that's that's pretty much the key to not you know losing the flat rate game, so to say. Even if the rest of the shop is slow, um, a lot of the being slow does not have anything to do with the technician. It's you know a service advisor, service manager. What kind of advertising are they doing? Um, you know, as a service advisor, answering the phone when they need to, calling customers to follow up, <clears throat> calling to make sure that customers know that their parts have come in, you know, making sure there's a really good communication channel between the dealership, whoever it may be, and every customer that has potential to come back into the dealership. So, as technicians we can't really control a ton of that other than making the suggestion or doing it ourselves you know don't, don't be afraid to call a customer and tell them their parts in someone may get ticked off at you for stepping on their toes sort of but hey you know when when we take everything out of you know the vision of what we do we're all there to get a paycheck and um, if you're too proud to do something to get a paycheck like call a customer well sorry you're going to miss out so let's really focus on what technicians can do. The first thing that I say every time when it's slow, and this is this should not even really be, uh, need to be said, but I'm going to say it anyway, make sure you're looking vehicles over. Make sure that you're not missing the fact that a customer needs brakes on their car or a wiper blade is torn or it has a light out, you know, or it's due for spark plugs and the advisor didn't catch it. You need to make sure that you are maximizing every opportunity that comes in, in the door. And now I know what you're saying. You're a customer and you think, well, they're just looking to rip me off when it's slow. There are shops that do that. And I won't I won't bull, bull crap about that. But, you know, our job is to make sure that if your car needs something, we tell you. And if we don't tell you, we're not doing our job. And you're not getting what you paid for. So... Don't see it as, you know, every technician or every mechanic or every service station is out there trying to rip you off. See it as we're trying to make sure you're aware of all your maintenance needs, at least for this episode. You know, we'll go into uh, some of the crooked things that that the automotive industry can do to, uh, to rip customers off, but um, let's put all of that up on the shelf for a while and talk strictly about keeping our productivity up while it's slow. So we need to capitalize on every opportunity that comes in. On a really slow day, you may only see three cars in the shop. So we need to make sure that we're getting every every opportunity that we can. We're making sure we look at every part we can. We're making sure that every need that a customer has is thoroughly addressed. You know, I said it a second ago that this didn't really need to be said, and I still feel that way because this is something that we should be doing all the time. No matter how busy we are, no matter what's going on in the shop, these are the things that our customers are paying for. So don't overlook stuff just because it's busy. You know, we, we really need to capitalize on every car that comes in every time anyway, but it does become more important when, when times are tough. And again, it's things like, you know, is the brake fluid flush done? Has it been two years are we? Do we know what the owner's book says or the maintenance card says? Are we making sure the customer's doing the maintenance properly? Um, so make make sure that you are looking over the car very, very thoroughly, not in a way to rip a customer off, for legitimate needs, legitimate service, and you don't have to worry about sleeping at night because you sold a customer a timing belt that they maybe didn't need or whatever, you know, whatever scam repair that, that people can do. So... We need to make every opportunity count, and that's really the big one. Next up, let's say we don't have an opportunity in our bay. We don't have any car at all. What can we do to, to, one, keep busy so that the day doesn't drag, and two, really capitalize on our free time? The next one I really like to do is training, and this is where a lot of techs kind of miss the mark on training. We got some guys in our shop that are awesome about it. If there's a free minute, man, they're on the computer learning something or you know taking their self-study programs doing web-based training most all manufacturers have far 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 more training information than i think most technicians can ever keep up with i know i can't keep up with it but we need to capitalize on that free time and really really increase our sort of car iq so to say and uh whether that's just keeping certified for the year, or learning about a new system that that's coming out or has come out, um, diving in a little bit deeper in a system that maybe we understand the basics of, but you know we don't really understand the behind the scenes working sort of set, so to say. So to say. Uh, you know, we at Volkswagen have so much resource. Again, it's overwhelming. There's quick tips. There's Self-study programs, a lot of times new models, new engines, new transmissions, new HVAC systems will all have a self-study program tied to them. And we can go through, we can read that, we can learn the inputs, learn the outputs of the system, learn how it functions, how, learn how it fails, learn how it tells us that it is failing, and uh, really increase increase our car IQ as far as you know, our brand or whatever. If you don't work at a dealership, you know. To be honest, I don't know. That that may become a little bit t- a little bit tougher for you because you don't have the manufacturer-based training programs. Um, you, there's still things you can do. You can look at part manufacturers' training. I know Bosch has a ton of information out there about all of their parts and no matter what kind of car you work on, it's got a lot of Bosch parts on it, starters, alternators, relays, you know, you name it, there's, there's a part with a Bosch name on almost every car. So don't forget that. And that'll actually break down systems even further into individual components and the, the inner workings of that, which is cool, because that's not something a lot of manufacturers get deep, deep, deep into. So you can always go to the uh, part manufacturer and and learn a little bit more whether it's an engine part a transmission as a whole you know volkswagen doesn't build transmissions they buy transmissions and put in their cars so um going to like a zf transmission website and learning learning about that is definitely definitely worth the time that that you're going to spend and if you're sitting around not doing anything otherwise anyway otherwise anyway did that sound weird um you know capitalize on that free time like I said so training 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 one more time training is very important so let's say we got no car we're all trained up we know everything about everything which is a load of junk and you guys know that um what what do we do now well let's look around the shop let's see what we can do in the shop let's see if there's any shop equipment that needs maintenance let's see if there's any tools that need maintenance if, as a Volkswagen tech, you know, our scan tools always need something, whether it's updates or, you know, a a refresh or downloading patches or, you know, sometimes a printer doesn't work on one. You guys may have an IT department that handles that. Our IT department handles some stuff, but for the most part, they, uh, they won't work with our scan tools. They'll just work with our, um, intranet dealer computers and, uh, That's something we need to be aware of and make sure all our equipment's up to date, all our equipment's in good repair. You know, does our alignment rack need to be gone through and sort of tuned up? Is our tire balancer recalibrated? Anything that we can do in the slow time to make the busy times faster is going to be really, really important. Uh, Let's see, what else? So, and you know, the, the thing about that is a lot of times service managers will actually pay you for that because it's a lot easier to pay you to maintain the alignment rack than it would be to call, you know, Hunter out to have the Hunter guy maintain the rack. All right, sorry about that, guys. Had to pause for a quick second. Um, So we're talking about things that we can do to keep busy and keep productive in a slow time in the shop. Um, One that actually I've never done and uh, never really have, I have given thought to, but it's, you know, for me, downtime is usually so infrequent. Just because I'm doing either working on cars or you know doing a lot of that shop stuff that I talked about a second ago, is refreshing yourselves on tech tips, TSBs, and any kind of service information that's come out. Um, we get an email every week of new service bulletins, new recalls, new technical service bulletins, all that kind of stuff. And frankly, it's hard to keep up with that kind of thing. It's hard to uh, remember every single technical bulletin but spending you know 30 minutes just going through some of the latest things can can really help you out i can't tell you there's been i don't know a handful 20 30 times that's probably more than a handful i guess um where i've been working on a car and you know you're kind of chasing your tail on something not not terribly but the diagnostic's definitely taking you longer than you'd like it to And lo and behold, there's a service bulletin about it that if, you know, you would just knew there was a bulletin about somehow magically, uh, you would have had that car fixed in five minutes versus an hour. Um, It's very hard to stay up on top of all of these service bulletins that come out. But using that downtime to, you know, sort of refresh or, you know, what I usually do is skim them and go, okay, Jetta has a recall or, uh, excuse me, a bulletin about air conditioning. It's an update. All right, I don't need to worry anything else about it. If I got a Jetta that comes in for an air conditioning concern, I know there's a soft data, software update. I can, uh, I can jump in on and print the bulletin out and follow that at the time the car comes in. Um, that's a good one. You know, I've seen a lot of guys get burned. It's happened to me where you go round and round and just a simple, you know, coding change or a software update, and uh, you you just didn't know that. Uh, that the car had a bulletin out. So, staying on top of technical service bulletins is very important. Um, it's something again that we <laughs> we just plain up forget about. Um, another really good thing to do, and this this will really help you sort of understand the role that other people play in your in your shop, in your service department, in your dealership, and that's learn the other. Learn the other positions. One thing I did early in my career is pay attention not only to what the good technicians in my shop did, but what the good service advisors did. Because you know, you never know. Maybe your service advisor's out one day, and you can hop in and fill in for them, and that that makes you quite a bit more valuable. Um, I know a lot of techs don't really like talking to customers. Wouldn't prefer to talk to customers. There's days where I don't really want to talk to anybody, let alone you know, an upset customer. But if you can understand the job of a service advisor and the role they play and some of the pain in the butt things they deal with that you might never see, you know, you can understand a little bit better why they're having a bad day or, you know, they, they may not want to call a customer back because the customer was screaming at them when they first came in the, in the service station. And now, uh, now they don't want to talk to them, you know, you wouldn't want to talk to somebody either after they just yelled at you. So learn the role of the advisor. You know, even if it's just shadowing them, learn their phone etiquette, learn their computer system, learn some of the little things that they have to do that, you know, we as techs maybe don't see all the time and and we can have a better understanding of what they do. The better we understand their job, the easier, you know, the more we can do to make it easier for them. Because if it's easier for them, maybe they'll have a little bit more success in selling work or confidence in bringing customers into the shop. Uh, the other one is the parts department. Um, actually, there's two. One is the parts department, and, you know, there's there's always that. It's the parts department's fault, excuse. They ordered the wrong part. Well, maybe you asked for the wrong part and forgot or, or whatever. But learning the parts department is something that I haven't done personally, um... But it's definitely something that I would recommend doing. I think the more you know about the parts process and the deliveries and, you know, them dealing with wholesale accounts and body shops, again, the more you understand another role in the dealership, the more valuable a technician you are. And, you know, the better the better you'll be able to understand the process from their side. And hopefully you can change, you know, if you need to change a little bit of your game to... Um, accommodate them and ultimately make your life easier well i think that would really be worth it the last job that you really should this is mostly in a dealership environment um you really should jump in on and learn about is the warranty administration portion of of the dealership you know as a dealer tech we do a fair amount of warranty work and our warranty administrator is pretty much the gateway to us getting paid on that stuff so the more you know about their job you know maybe Maybe you know something that could help them. I know they know stuff that can help you. You know, maybe fine-tuning your story or your notes on an RO based on their advice will help you get paid more on a job. And uh, again, you know, I've said it before. Our whole goal in being there, guys, is to make sure that we're getting paid and make as much money as we can in a uh, in an ethical way. You know, don't ever think that I mean. When I when I say that we're trying to make as much money as we can, don't ever assume that I mean we're looking to just rip people off. Because that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about working our butts off, doing a good job, earning customers' business, and fixing cars. That's what we get paid for. So, you know, just any kind of a side note there. Make sure that anytime you hear me say it's it's make as much money as possible or we're here for the paycheck that. You know what I really mean when I say that but it's it's just like any job 99% of the jobs that you go to every day no matter what you do you go there because you get a paycheck if you didn't get a paycheck you probably wouldn't go you know, there's people doing really really important things for very little pay and you guys are awesome but for the average person that gets up and, and goes into a job every day we're doing it for a paycheck so just again keep that in mind but uh, sorry to get off, off task there a little bit. But, uh, you know, I just want to make sure when you guys hear that, you don't think I'm uh, recommending or promoting taking advantage of customers because that's really, really like the furthest thing from what I'm doing. So, and, and I think you guys that have known me for a while really understand that. But, uh, all right, let's get back to talking about what we need to do when it's slow. So now we've learned Service Advisor. We've learned the parts department we know a little bit more about being a warranty administrator and how that process works now it's time to hone our technician skills and um, this works really well in a dealership environment maybe not quite as good in an aftermarket environment but hey you probably drove a car there to work this morning so um, you can still capitalize on some of the spare time that you might have Uh, what what is an incredible tool to have in a dealership is a known good car. So, I have a lot full of known good cars because they're brand new cars. And, uh, you know, nobody's reported any complaints with them yet, so we have to assume they're known good cars. And this is a really good thing to do to hone your diagnostic skills because what we're going to do is we're going to pull one of these brand new cars in the shop and we're going to, one, run a baseline on them, which I've talked about before, and that's where we scan the vehicle. We go in, we look at certain values... And we save all these readings based on what a known good car is. So we call that doing a baseline on the car. Um, You know, it's running an engine scan and looking at values of airflow, fuel injection, injector pulse width, fuel trim, um, ignition timing, coolant temperature sensor, ambient temps, um, throttle body positioning. I mean, you name, you name it, and we can look at it. Oxygen sensor sweeps and uh, voltages. Pretty much, if the computer can look at it, we can look at it. We may not know how to interpret it like the computer does, but we can still look at it. And if we save that information, now we have that car. You know, a similar car come in next week with the either a no-fault drivability concern where the car's doing something weird but the check engine light's not on or you know an intermittent concern or the check engine light's on but it's a really strange strange problem that we're not sure about we can refer back to that other vehicle and look at all those readings that we saved and go oh you know here here's something that's very different maybe I'll start with this system, and that can get you, you know, ahead of the game on, on diagnosing weird, sporadic, or random problems. Um, we can also create our own problems. You know, it's, it's a brand new car. We have a factory scan tool. We have factory service equipment. We can see what happens when we disconnect the coolant temp sensor and see how the car responds. We can see what happens when we, you know, block the air filter and look at the values change for airflow and, and fuel injection. Um, you know, obviously, I can't recommend you doing anything that would permanently disable the vehicle or, you know, anything really beyond unplugging something or, you know, a really simple, a simple deal like that. We, we, we don't want to be replacing parts on brand new cars if we don't have to, but, you know, this will be a good opportunity for you to create problems so you can learn what the values of your, you know, your engine sees. You can learn what happens when you block off the airflow to uh, to the engine, not completely but partially, and see how your values change. See what the ECM will see, and uh, you know, put that in sort of a like a little documentation package or you know, write it down in a notebook so that you have these known good numbers, known bad numbers. On the numbers that we knew were bad, we knew why they were bad so uh, we can refer back to that when we have another problem with the vehicle and that's really like that's the kind of stuff a lot of times we'll do in in our training classes but that one can really just put you over the you know ahead of the, the curve so to say on diagnosing problems especially when it's a new vehicle and no one really knows the ins and outs of um, the diagnostic process of something you know a brand new engine over time we've we've developed, and I say we, I mean I, I've developed a a pretty good gut feel on airflow reading, fuel injection, um, fuel trim on, let's say, a car like mine, but a new car, those numbers could be considerably different and something that I would consider to be out of, you know, a normal operating range if it were this car. Um, on a new one may be perfectly normal so we need to you know adapt our gut feel so to say on on to to newer vehicles and newer stuff um there's also you know we're talking about lot cars we can check lot cars for updates and recalls uh that's one i think the dealership that i'm working at my dealership is doing now is there's guys coming in on their day off doing software updates on lot cars making a bunch of money on it too which is awesome um, they're working hard at it and kicking butt. You know that's a, that's really a dealership environment, not uh, not really an aftermarket thing. So you know if you're a dealer tech, you have that at your disposal. We also have sort of an oddball one that um, you know if times are really tough, you got to do what you got to do, and that's calling like used car lots or if you work for a big dealership conglomerate, checking other dealers' inventories for your brand so like let's say my dealership my service advisor would call some of the local dealerships that maybe have a Volkswagen on the lot get the VIN for the vehicle run it and see if there's any open updates and if there's an open recall you know we can run and grab the car bring it back do the recall and deliver it back to them they only have a car off their lot for a little bit we get a vehicle in the shop we get an opportunity to look it over and at least execute a recall on you know it, that one's kind of an extreme out there one, but hey, it's better than standing around not doing anything. And again, it's it's making money is better than not making money.
0: All right, another great throwback episode wrapped up. And of course, I have to point out, and hopefully some of you were able to use this episode maybe over the last two or so years of some pretty tough times in the automotive world and especially in the V-Dub world. Guys, if you are digging the audio show and like what I'm doing over here, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. And hey, and if you can, leave it a review. Let me know what you think. Give me some feedback, one star. That's cool, but I really dig those five star reviews. Whatever you feel like it's worth. Don't forget, you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, of course on Snapchat, as well as on YouTube and check out some of my newer videos and things that just don't quite work for audio format. I guess at this point, I am a... YouTuber before I'm a podcaster. All right, guys. Hey, thanks so much for listening. And I'll see you next time.